0: All right, guys, about that time, Chris Brooks here with you guys, another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast here on a Tuesday morning, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. Hey, I'm looking forward to today, looking forward to the next 15 minutes because a lot of like pats on the back and, and things like that, just how the season has gone. Uh, and there's a few things I didn't get to yesterday that I really wanted to knock out. I mean like hard hitting podcast type of stuff. Didn't even comment about the stripe out that happened. It was very leery. Okay, I was I was very leery of the stripe out. I've seen this happen before. A planned promotion and just it's off the rails. I was I was wrong. Dig into hard hitting stuff like that today. A little bit of recruiting stuff, but I mean, there's not a there's not a ton I could go into on the recruiting front right now. Just in terms of, um, I think there's some some I think there's a lot of really good things going on right now in recruiting. Um, look, just look, look no further than uh, just within Mississippi. They have a legitimate shot of pulling the top five kids in Mississippi. You already have three of them in the boat, in uh, Aiden Williams, who I think will play day one. Like, when Aiden gets there, and I'm like, I'm not the only person. If you talk to some people around there, there's a lot of excitement about about Aiden. And I don't think that's just lip service, because sometimes you'll get that. But, you know, the people I talk to, I do trust. Um, there's, there's expectation with him. And even if I didn't know that, I don't need to know that. I've seen the kid play, and... I would 100% vouch for that. I think he comes in and he plays immediately. Um, I probably believe he starts. Same thing with Sunturine Perkins. Sunturine's going to come in. He's going to play. So you're bringing in that kind of talent on a high school level. And look, it's not like it can't be done, right? I'm looking at it right now with a couple of studs that came in as true freshmen and are killing it. Want to get into that in a minute. And an unbelievable stat on Quinshaw Judkins. Still don't believe it. But then uh, Jamarius Brown down at Moss Point. And then, of course, we're talking about Isaac Smith and Dante Dowdell. And I got into Dante some yesterday. I'm not going to go into great liberty with that one. I hope you guys understand on that one. You know, if you, um, I, just, I think things are going very well there. Still committed to Oregon, but, but we'll watch that one. But whenever you're bringing in that kind of talent, and that's not just in Mississippi. You know, some of this stuff they're doing, it's going out of state as well. I'm a lot of the look and I, and I get this. I 100% get it You know, with the jerseys and the helmets. And I know that stuff. I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. But there's a sliding scale here. You can't give up everything about your program. OK, you, you can't. You don't want to give up everything. But there's a sliding scale in terms of how much value do we put on winning? Does this decision help? Yeah, of course, a jersey and a helmet or a single anything like that is not going to sign a kid. But cumulatively, these things start adding up and you develop a brand. you know, I saw uh, one of the prospects recruit uh, tweet out this week. That Ole Miss was becoming known as as drip you. That's a good thing for you, old timers like me. You're 40 and up. Oh, and I know old timer, old timer, old timers. I know y'all got mad at that because I know I'm not in that old timer. But you know what I mean. There's an age where we're that's 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 younger than us, but that's a good thing. And you add all these things up that they're doing, they're becoming very appealing on the recruiting front couple of that with NIL and all the things that are going on there and uh, they're going to bring in a very good high school class. You know, I am expecting that transfer class to be significantly smaller than last year. And some of that is just because the math is going to be different because they can't bring in the same number of bodies just in in totality for the class. But they're having more success this year on the high school end. And a lot of that is due to some of these crazy numbers I'm seeing. All right, like, for instance, one that blows me away is is this one about uh, the AP and the number of weeks being ranked in there. AP Weekly Appearance Streak. First of all, Alabama's been in this for 235 straight weeks. That's nuts. They've been ranked since 2008. That's crazy to me. Georgia, 88. Ohio State, 36. Ole Miss 21, Michigan 20, Oklahoma State 18. That is a crazy number. If we started to break down, you know how whenever we go through these coaching hires and you have a class of coaches that come in? If we went back and looked at that at the Lane Kiffin class, there can't be anybody doing it better than that guy's doing it. Because remember not long ago where this program where it was to be in the AP, that, that that just that is crazy to me. Just that's nuts. That they've been in the AP 21 straight weeks, and that's the fourth longest street in the country. But things like that, look, they're winning. You're winning on the field. You have a, a very socially social media outspoken coach in Lane Kiffin, that's part of it. What they're doing with the uniforms, the helmets, all of those things. It's making it attractive. And then the NIL stuff on the back end of it to give you a chance. I mean, that's things couldn't be better. And uh, I'll see if I can um, maybe later in the week go into a little more detail on just some individual recruits. But that AP streak blew me away. Here's another one that blew me away. And you guys saw this yesterday. You should have. The Quinshawn Judkins 22.5 miles an hour tweet, okay? So apparently he was the second fastest running back in the country last week, right? Or look, I'll have to go back and see. That could have been just second fastest player, period. But he was fast. Can we just leave it at that? He was fast. Now, this isn't just apples to apples. Because uh, I don't think that these are using the same system. Could be wrong here, too. But to give you an idea of how fast that 22.5 is, I'm looking at a story here on NBC Sports. The fastest player in the NFL in 2021. And the fastest player for the whole season from the running backs was Jonathan Taylor, 22.13. 22.1. 22.1. To get into that, to, or not? excuse me, not running backs, just players. Here's another 22. Patrick Sertain for the Broncos was at 22. Jonathan Taylor a couple of times on here. Derek Henry was 21.8 in week six. This is going back to last, last year. Henry Ruggs. Think how fast Henry Ruggs is. And Jalen Waddle, both of these guys are on this top ten list. Uh, Jamar Chase is on this list. They're all basically on here for running 21.7 and 21.8. Now, I don't know where that 22.5 came from or how that's deducted and and then how to compare it to this. I'm going to assume this is like baseball radar guns. Some are faster than others because I can't imagine nobody in the NFL ran faster. But who knows? I could be wrong. Doesn't really matter. All I know is that 22.5 is... Freaky fast for Quinshawn Judkins. That dude has come in and um, he is, I don't want to say he's taken over the position because Zach Evans has come in and done everything right. I think I heard Todd McShay say that Zach Evans was his second or third running back on the board. I hope I got that right. And was going to be a day two draft selection this year in all likelihood. And he'll leave early. He's done nothing to lose any time or to split reps. He's done nothing wrong. Zach Evans has been as advertised. Except this guy coming in has been, he's been, he's been completely insane and happy for Quinn but that 22.5 to put it in perspective. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, here's another one for you. I'm looking at, um, I don't know if we should frame this as one of the most beautiful sights, you know, you've ever seen. Maybe. You know how, for whatever reason, we have this affinity for pulling for larger athletes. It just happens. There's a big man out there and he's doing well. Fans tend to get behind that guy. Think like, um, think Bartolo Colon. Whenever he was getting in his late 30s, early 40s in the majors. And by then, like Fella had just decided to let it go. You know, just he decided to let it go. Belly's getting a, an inch bigger every year. He was massive. And he became more lovable every year. We pick out those big guys, right? And for whatever reason, you know, they, they I mean, we just, we pick them out. That post game video. Would you call that the most beautiful video? I mean, I'm not sure how we could frame this up. I know this, though, watching the coordinators after the game in the booth with that on them. uh, That was awesome to see with Chris Partridge and Charlie Weiss Jr. and the whole room, you know, going nuts on the fumble. Now, I do respect Partridge's attire there. They went with the shorts, the pullover, wind jacket thing, big fan. Okay, big fan of that. That says comfort. Nobody can see what's under here. It's not his fault there's a camera that's not only in the room, but it's like it's like thigh level or waist level shooting up at him. It's not the most flattering place to put the camera anyway, but that's where you do it in those booths. They could probably request maybe that thing. Is it is it asking too much to put that thing up in the corner, maybe? You know, can I get a little a little more flattering angle? on me if you don't mind, but man, that was awesome. And Chris Partridge, look, let's go down that road just for a minute. And the job that that guy does, I was looking at a number this morning and uh, I, I really, I honestly, I can't remember where I saw this, but that the scoring defense, it's top 10 right now. It was only two years ago. They were near the bottom of the country, like not the SEC, near the bottom of the country. And in two years, they have rebuilt that defense to top 10 scoring defense in the country. And look, we could have an argument right now. Which side of the ball is Ole Miss better right now? I'm not sure what the answer is to that. I'm tempted to say the defense. Just entertaining that discussion, it has been years... Since we've been able to do that, like lots of years since we've been able to do that. But all the numbers bear that out. Now, that doesn't mean the offense hasn't been really good, too. I'm looking at a number here from pick six previews. And uh, they do top offenses relative to who you're playing, right? Ole Miss has played four weak opponents. Kentucky's a good team. Are they top 10? I don't know. Top 20? Yeah, I believe that's a top 20 team. They have an NFL quarterback. They have an NFL running back. The offensive line is pretty bad in Kentucky. But after that, like that's top to bottom, that's a solid football team. They will probably finish the year ranked, I'm guessing, around that 20 place, somewhere, somewhere along those lines. It's a good football team. But when you adjust the offensive numbers, relative to who you're playing per play, the Ole Miss offense ranks 19th in the country. So you're getting it done on that side of the football, getting it done on the defensive side of the football. And look, you start putting all this together. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. But yeah, the season is shaping up to be be pretty awesome. Look, you remember last year I had this uh, debate. Not a debate. I brought this up yesterday. Not that I'm sitting around thinking about this all the time. But Ole Miss set a school record for regular season wins last year. What if Lane Kiffin does that back-to-back years? Like, there's, there's no doubt. I'm not calling my shot here and saying that they're going to get it. But there's no doubt. There's 10 wins sitting there. It's just, it's sitting there. And that's including losing the Bama game and then just losing another game. After Bama, there's nobody on the schedule they can't beat. And just depending on how this plays out, they might be favored in every game but Bama. So the 10 wins are sitting there to have. If they do that back to back seasons, you know, I don't know how you do the coach of the year thing. And I know you really shouldn't go back to years prior. Mm. But the way that they've done it this year also. Yeah, you start giving Lane Kiffin some credit for that. Bringing in all these transfers, and maybe we'll do that tomorrow, at least for a couple of minutes. More impressive jobs thus far last year or this year to date. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. But, yeah, that's an unbelievable year, an unbelievable job. All right, guys, that's going to do it today. This is Chris Brooks on the Rebels 247 Podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a great day. See you tomorrow.